Section 15 of The World's Famous Orations, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. The World's Famous Orations, Volume 4, As the Literary Guest of America, by Charles Dickens. Born in 1812, died in 1870 became a reporter in 1835, published Sketches by Boz in 1836, visited America in 1842, and again in 1867-68. I do not know how to thank you. I really do not know how. You would naturally suppose that my former experience would have given me this power, and that the difficulties in my way would have been diminished but I assure you the fact is exactly the reverse, and I have completely balked the ancient proverb that a rolling stone gathers no moss. And in my progress to this city, I have collected such a weight of obligations and acknowledgement, I have picked up such an enormous mass of fresh moss at every point, and was so struck by the brilliant scenes of Monday night, that I thought I could never by any possibility grow any bigger. I have made continually new accumulations to such an extent that I am compelled to stand still and can roll no more. Gentlemen, we learn from the authorities that when fairy stones or balls or rolls of thread stopped of their own accord, as I do not, it presaged some great catastrophe near at hand, the precedent holds good in this case. When I have remembered the short time I have before me to spend in this land of mighty interests, and the poor opportunity I can at best have of acquiring a knowledge of, and forming an acquaintance with it, I have felt it almost a duty to decline the honors you so generously heap upon me, and pass more quietly among you. For Argus himself, though he had but one mouth for his hundred eyes, would have found the reception of a public entertainment once a week too much for his greatest activity. And as I would lose no scrap of the rich instruction and the delightful knowledge which meet me on every hand, and already I have gleaned a great deal from your hospitals and common jails, I have resolved to take up my staff and go my way rejoicing, and for the future to shake hands with America, not at parties, but at home. And therefore, gentlemen, I say to-night, with a full heart and an honest purpose, and grateful feelings that I bear, and shall ever bear, a deep sense of your kind, your affectionate, and your noble greeting, which it is utterly impossible to convey in words. No European sky without, and no cheerful home or well-warmed room within, shall ever shut out this land from my vision." I shall often hear your words of welcome in my quiet room, and oftenest when most quiet, and shall see your faces in the blazing fire. If I should live to grow old, the scenes of this and other evenings will shine as brightly to my dull eyes fifty years hence as now, and the honors you bestow upon me shall be well remembered and paid back in my undying love and honest endeavors for the good of my race. There is in this city a gentleman, who at the reception of one of my books, I well remember, it was the old curiosity shop, 
wrote to me in england a letter so generous so affectionate and so manly that if i had written the book under every circumstance of disappointment of discouragement and difficulty instead of the reverse i should have found in the receipt of that letter my best and most happy reward i answered him and he answered me and so we kept shaking hands autographically as if no ocean rolled between us i came here to this city eager to see him and laying his hand upon irving's shoulder here he sits i need not tell you how happy and delighted i am to see him here to-night in this capacity washington irving why gentlemen i do not go upstairs to bed two nights out of the seven as a very creditable witness near at hand can testify i say i do not go to bed two nights out of seven without taking washington irving under my arm and when i do not take him i take his own brother oliver goldsmith washington irving why of whom but him was i thinking the other day when i came up by the hog's back the frying-pan hellgate and all these places why when not long ago i visited shakespeare's birthplace and went beneath the roof where he first saw light whose name but his was pointed out to me on the wall washington irving diedrich knickerbocker jeffrey crayon why where can you go that they have not been there before is there an english farm is there an english stream an english city or an english country seat where they have not been is there no bracebridge hall in existence has it no ancient shades or quiet streets in bygone times when irving left that hall he left sitting in an old oak chair in a small parlor of the boar's head a little man with a red nose and an oilskin hat when i came away he was sitting there still not a man like him but the same man with the nose of immortal redness and the hat of undying glaze crayon while there was on terms of intimacy with a certain radical fellow who used to go about with a hat full of newspapers woefully out at elbows and with a coat of great antiquity why gentlemen i know that man tibbles the elder and he has not changed a hair and when i came away he charged me to give his best respects to washington irving leaving the town and the rustic life of england forgetting this man if we can putting out of mind the country churchyard and the broken heart let us cross the water again and ask who has associated himself most closely with the italian peasantry and the bandits of the pyrenees when the traveller enters his little chamber beyond the alps listening to the dim echoes of the long passages and spacious corridors damp and gloomy and cold as he hears the tempest beating with fury against his window and gazes at the curtains dark and heavy and covered with mould and when all the ghost stories that ever were told come up before him amid all his thick coming fancies of whom does he think washington irving go farther still go to the moorish fountains sparkling full in the moonlight go among the water carriers and the village gossips living still as in days of old and who has travelled among them before you and peopled all the alhambra and made eloquent its shadows who awakes there a voice from every hill and in every cavern 
and bids legends which for centuries have slept a dreamless sleep or watched unwinkingly start up before you and pass before you in all their life and glory but leaving this again who embarked with columbus upon his gallant ship traversed with him the dark and mighty ocean leaped upon the land and planted there the flag of spain but this same man now sitting by my side and being here at home again who is a more fit companion for money diggers and what pen but his has made rip van winkle playing at ninepins on that thundering afternoon as much a part and parcel of the catskill mountains as any tree or crag that they can boast but these are topics familiar from my boyhood and which i am apt to pursue and lest i should be tempted now to talk too long about them i will in conclusion give you a sentiment most appropriate i am sure in the presence of such writers as bryant halleck and but i suppose i must not mention the ladies here the literature of america she well knows how to do honor to her own literature and to that of other lands when she chooses washington irving for her representative in the country of cervantes end of section fifteen